Welcome to What Kind of Asian Are You? The podcast where we explore the diverse and dynamic experiences of being Asian in the diaspora. In this podcast, we bring you a different conversation with an Asian from the diaspora each week, delving into their unique backgrounds, upbringing, and the amazing things they are doing now. Hello, you are listening to Third Waves. Third is a platform that amplifies underrepresented voices through print, events, and on the airwaves. You're joined by me, Tribe, DJ, and radio hosts. Me, Daniela, writer, musician, and producer. And myself, Rona, stylist, founder, and editor-in-chief of Third. This is all my half-East Asian BFFs. Welcome back. If you're tuning in for the first time, we recommend checking out the other episodes too, but you can also just dive in here with us. On this episode, Zach, Nigel, Joe, and Daniela talk about their dating history and sexual attraction. Welcome back to my Half East Asian BFFs and welcome to my Half East Asian BFFs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am Daniela. I'm half Danish, half Chinese, and I am a producer of Third Waves. Hello, my name is Jo. I am half Chinese, Malay and half Scottish. My pronouns are they, them. I am a junior editor and editorial assistant at Third as well as a lot of other random things. I do art modeling, I do circus performance, contortion, aerial hoop, whatever you want me to be, I can be it. (laughs) Oh yeah, and my pronouns are she, her, they. Um, Zach, welcome back. Hello, um, I'm Zach. I'm half Thai, half English, uh, 30 years old. Um, My pronouns are he, him, uh, and I am a lawyer by day. I moonlight as a lawyer by day. (laughs) Moonlight as a lawyer by day. (laughs) But by night, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nigel, I'm 49, I'm a climbing instructor, and I'm Hong Kong Chinese English by birth. Amazing. Um, let's do a fun question. So what should we do today? Um, let's do what TV or story character best represents you? Diane Nguyen from Bojack Horseman. She's half Asian and she's a writer. And very tortured. Yeah, very tortured. I think I was actually a bit more like her in my youth because I'm old now. But um, (laughs) yeah, she is the closest, I think. What about you guys? Um, I've never come across a half Thai, half English gay man in anything I've ever watched or read. So I don't identify with anyone. Um, But actually, when I was a kid at primary school, we always used to play Harry Potter, me and my two best friends. And my one of my best friends was full Korean and my other best friend was full white English and the full white English girl was ginger so she used to play Ron and then the full Korean girl used to play Hermione and then because I was half Asian half English we used to joke that being Asian was the the muggle blood and being white was the wizard blood because I was Harry Potter so I was half blood in it did that make any sense yeah no no I'm sorry (laughs) 
that was kind of complex for a childhood. Yeah, like, yeah, it's true actually. Which means I was very aware of race at like. Yeah, yeah. This is like year four. <laughs> very aware. <laughs> um, for me, a sci-fi fan. So next generation, Wolf, quite stoic, um, but intense when roused. So, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> roused or aroused? <laughs> We're not talking about sex here, right? Topical. <laughs> Topical. Um, I think my one is like more of like an aspirational uh, character. I actually did one of these already and I use a di- very different um, character. But like another one, and this is not be- me being arrogant, but like the Monkey King um, from Journey to the West is definitely like a character that I like aspire to be. And also Monkey King's surname is actually Sun. So we have the same surname. So (laughs) technically same family. Um, But yeah, just like the shape shifting, um, loyal, strong sense of morality, extremely violent. Like this is just what I (laughs) aspire to be, you know? Dream it, be it girl. I support you all the way. (laughs) Amazing. So what we're here to talk about now is sexual attraction and dating history and how much your half East Asian, half white mixture plays into that, interacts with that, um, plays into your fantasies. No, we don't have to go into too much. Like we can talk about anything you want. But yeah, it's definitely a topic that I find um, quite interesting because I think I left China when I was 13 and I definitely had crushes when I was um up until that age obviously but wasn't really properly into like boyfriend or girlfriend territory like definitely like girlfriend would have been very tricky in where I grew up um but um yeah so then like my subsequent um romantic and sexual partners I've never dated or or slept with well, I think anyway, um, anyone who's like Asian or half Asian. And it's something that I definitely like, I I definitely think of as something that I would like to experience just because, you know, one of the things that I talked about, like about us being together is like the ease and like there are things that we just don't need to, I don't know. I just feel like it could be quite interesting dynamic to share that part of my, um, yeah, heritage with someone and like have that interact in a sexual or romantic or domestic um, situation is something that I just kind of like think about. Yeah, I've also never dated or slept with anyone who's Asian or half Asian or any type of Asian, as far as I know. Um, as far as I know. As far as, <laughs> as, far as a disclaimer. Um, <laughs> but I would say that it can influence beyond just that. Like you can find like common ground um outside of just someone being asian my ex-boyfriend was half jamaican and half english and i think the main thing that we um mutually understood there was kind of like the experience of fetishization i'm non-binary but fetishization yeah i'm non-binary but i'm very much read as like an asian girl um and asian women are very fetishized in porn and also just in general the idea of um that being asian somehow feminizes you and therefore that is something that is fetishized and the idea that being black is something that masculinizes you and therefore um black men are fetishized so it was like that idea that we both understood what it was like to be like reduced to race in a very like sexualized context um and that was very 
it was therefore very easy and flowing when we spoke about um like matters of race um yeah but never anyone asian and yeah but i don't really have a the older i get the more i realize that I just don't have any uh i don't have any like i don't really have a type mm. like racially or otherwise yeah that fetish that fetishization of asian women um is quite an interesting one i think because i am more white passing than asian looking well it depends who you speak to um i get more the kind of like mixed race fetishization in especially in china or like um among asian people um that that's seen as like very exotic um and um yeah yeah it's funny i've actually never separated like mixed race fetishization from just full like asian fetishization but no you're right there's like an element of that too is being mixed race fetishized in china um i think because the the most exposure i had to that type of attention was when i was very young and so it wasn't it wasn't sexualized but i i could I could from that age feel that there was a sense of like, you know, I think the word fetishization doesn't have to be exclusive to like a sexual context. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, so I'm saying that, but I think, yeah, I think if had I, had I gone through puberty and like proper sexual awakening in China within like, a, you know, of, of, I feel like that would have just, that would have carried on and then like taken on that like explicit sexual aspect to it. Yeah, because it was the same in Thailand. I think there was a period when I was young and when my brothers are young where being a uh, mixed race, like half white, half Thai, was a real, like, everyone loved it. Apparently, when we were kids, people used to, like, take me out of my buggy in the supermarket and just hand me around oh, complete yeah. strangers. Like, people Definitely. were. Yeah, it was so novel and I suppose fetish- fetishized in a way. Fetish. How do you say that? We'll word? be able to say this word by the end of this Fetish- episode. Fetishized. Fetishized, yeah. Fetishized. Okay, sorry. <laughs> fetishized in a way. Um, and actually it would be interesting to grow up in China and have my, like, to sexualize, sorry, not China. Sexualize. <laughs> Can I start again? All right. Where, where are you from, Zach? Uh, <laughs> Can you? <laughs> I'm actually, I actually am half Chinese rather than half Thai, but we'll get into that at some other point. Um, <laughs> I mean, Reese already put us in on that, but yeah. Lovely, there you go. You, you, got, you got the story. Um, no, it would have been interesting to sexualize in Thailand because um, a lot of, like, the models and people using adverts, et cetera, and like movie stars were mixed race. Um, and there was a, I think it's still a thing to this day, but it was, it was definitely a thing back then. Like, so for example, my parents, friends, kids who are mixed race, um, they were both models. They were like in adverts all the time. They've been in TV shows and stuff. And like, they were just automatically seen as good looking by virtue of being mixed race. Um, and so to have grown up in a culture where I would have automatically been seen as good looking and was kind of would have been like the model of attraction just by virtue of being mixed race, like disregard my physical characteristics. Like it would have been something that worked in my favor when actually I grew up in a culture where if anything, it works against you. Like you don't see mixed Asian white people on TV in adverts. Like it's not very common. Like it's becoming more common as time moves on. We realize that we need to stop like, you know, well that there are, there is beauty other than white beauty. Um, but yeah, I think it would have been fascinating to, to see that, like that contrast. Yeah, it's more my experience. I was a late bloomer, so I didn't really have any sexual um, inter- integration with anyone until my late teens. Um, and all of my experiences as I was raised white have been white. 
I haven't had any Asian or black or any other uh, ethnicity um, in that kind of context. So, yeah, I found it being Asian kind of isolated me mm. in regards to sex mm. and that kind of forming those kind of relationships. It's interesting when you talk about growing up in a place that would have considered you automatically attractive because I remember like growing up almost like the shift between when mixed race wasn't considered good looking and then when kind of mixed race characteristics suddenly became really um, like on trend basically and everyone was suddenly like wow you're so attractive when before they would never have batted an eyelid at me and I'm like hmm one day this isn't going to be on trend and I'm going to go back to being ugly. <laughs> I need to whore around while I can. Make the most. <laughs> Make the most of it. Yeah. Um, Nigel, you said like being, you felt that being mixed race isolated you sexually. What does that mean exactly? What did you mean by that? Um, I don't think, well, because I grew up in a predominantly white area that being Chinese or being seen as Chinese was sexually attractive to other people mm. so that limited the options that I had mm. um, which worked in the opposite way in Hong Kong because everyone whenever I go to Hong Kong everyone considered I was a white boy mm. so I never fit in in either of those um, cultures or environments so mm. I was always the outsider yeah but were you seen as attractive in Hong Kong though was there almost like white privilege playing out in Hong Kong that because no. of being mixed race you were no no I was just an outsider okay because I didn't speak the language, couldn't understand what they were saying, so got isolated because I just didn't understand. Yeah, yeah, it's the same in Thailand as well. I'm Thai in England and English in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very much so. The curse. <laughs> How does that play out in um, gay dating culture? Being Asian in gay dating culture is definitely a disadvantage. Um, you might have heard of no fats, no femmes, no Asians, which was, is, I don't think, really an accepted <laughs> phrase anymore in 2023, but it, it was like not that long ago. Um, so, yeah, I think in, in the way, Joe, you said earlier about Asian women being fetishized, um, but Asian men being almost like feminized by virtue yeah. of their race, I think that's that's where that plays out in the gay dating scene is like you are probably automatically seen as more feminine if you are Asian. So you're kind of playing into both the no femme, no, no Asian, um, like kind of trope, but it is something I feel, I think, I don't know if it's like, I, I don't know if it actually plays out in reality, but it's something I'm very aware of is like, I, I know that like the ideal man in a lot of people's eyes is like kind of a tall, white, attractive man. And I am not tall or white or attractive. So <laughs> it, all, uh, it all works against you. But here's something I'm like hyper, I'm hyper aware of it, weirdly. Um, I don't really know how I interact. I just have to keep going. But an example. So on Hinge, there is a thing called standouts, which is like people that get the most likes and you can like scroll through them and see basically who's like getting the most likes in your area. And obviously I do because I like to look at attractive men and they're all very, very good looking, but they are all white always. But when you go through like the normal, like uh, scanning through, like we live in London, like 50% yeah. of people are white and 50% of people are other, other races, but the standouts are always, they're always white. Um, and that to me says a lot about what people's tastes are. And when you see that and you're like, well, I don't fit that taste. Like, you know, I've got to find someone that's got different tastes to what's mainstream, which is feels like it limits your options a little bit which is why i'm still single <laughs> and his number is zero seven <laughs> if you like the sound of my voice <laughs> yeah people really do read into um 
kind of how you are on a level of like on a scale of master femme they'll place you very much based on your race sometimes like even remember uh, even with my ex-boyfriend um people would always describe him as masculine or they would men would come up to him to befriend him thinking that he was their type of guy and as soon as they spoke to him they'd kind of be like oh you're kind of not what I expected you to be um and I, I always thought that if he was a white boy, people would have thought he was quite effeminate. Um, but it was like people just saw him for his race and then kind of would assume that he was masculine. And that then goes into people reflecting that on what they expect from you sexually, like the whole like mask femme thing um, or like top, bottom, whatever. Speaking about um, sexual preferences, um, all of my family have white partners. So my sister had... had was married, had a husband who was blonde, so she her two children are uh, blonde eyed, sort of blonde haired, blue eyed. Um, my brother has a blonde, blue eyed wife, so one of his kids is blonde, blue eyed, the other is dark haired. Uh, and Alice is autistic, so she, as far as I know, she hasn't had any sexual um, interactions that I know of. Mm. Um, but yeah, everyone has grown up pretty much being white, so has those preferences. Mm. That's interesting because you're, what you're talking about is like your preferences relating to, yeah, what you're used to around you, maybe? Um, I think also what you're told is the idea of like beauty. We, we were raised in Britain where the idea of beauty was white people. Like all the models were always white. Like everyone on TV was always white. All Hollywood movie stars are, are well, not all of them, but like mostly white. Kind of that's, that is your ideal. And as I said, it's changing. And there were obviously people like, Naomi Campbell was like an example of someone that was, you know, kind of kind of broke the mold a little bit. But you are shaped by what you see around you. And I think it's, it's funny, Joe, you said earlier about like being mixed race, being on trend. But it's very much the case. Like sexual attraction, yeah. you can shape people's sexual attraction. Yeah, you're Which links back to what I was saying earlier about like sexual attraction. And I think my level of sexual attraction in Thailand would be, would have been greater than it is here because of being half white yeah the kind of the privilege that comes with that Mm -hmm. and like the idea that that is because even like even when you've got full Thai and it's it's the same in a lot of Asia I know it's the same in India from when I traveled around like it was very noticeable but like when you've got full Thai people that are modeling or in programs etc are famous they're always very white still um so even in countries where the dominant race is not white being white is still idolized um and yeah it's and as I said earlier like I'm seen as white in Thailand. So that would have worked to my, to mm. my favour, I would guess. Did you know that Naomi Campbell is a quarter Chinese? Really? Oh, wow. No, I didn't know That's that. why she's so beautiful. <laughs> um, Nigel, did you feel like Joe earlier was talking about how you, Joe, you felt that there was like a distinct moment where like being half, well, being mixed race was like became trendy, let's say. Um, and like, did you feel like, did you feel that shift? Obviously you've kind of like traversed slightly more time than we have. <laughs> What an eloquent way to say it. <laughs> Being old. No, I think I kind of skipped that boat. I've been with my partner for what, nearly 15 years now. So settled and happy. Um, but yeah, I think things have moved on later than that. And that kind of trend has come in a little bit later. So yeah, I, 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 I missed say. that boat entirely, I think. Mm. Yeah. I remember it being like around 2016. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> well. Just rock me around. 2016. 2016. <laughs> 7th of July. <laughs> About 3pm. I was scrolling through Instagram. And then suddenly, I was getting matched left, right and centre. It was a torrent. 
Why didn't I experience a shift? I wasn't getting matched to May 2016. I'm so sorry Yours for you. Yours is coming. It's coming. It's coming. You just have to manifest it. I think also the thing about um, mixed people ending up with white partners often is, well, hmm, this can be a thing for some people. I think for a lot of people it isn't. But I think when you're fetishized by white people, it then that can be something which is attractive to you, like just being desired in that way. Um, mm. Like that can be something which just turns you on um so yeah even though it's like in it's kind of like how a lot of women are submissive um and get turned on by really dominant behavior but they're also really strong feminists and it's kind of like um yeah it's just like the psychology of attraction like even though you know that maybe that's not uh that doesn't reflect kind of your beliefs is still something that turns you on. So being fetishized, I think, can be like the same thing. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think like, I feel like I'm always like pivoting between femme and mask energy. And some days like that really comes, that, that really comes through in my fashion and just my energy in general. And like, I, I, I remember this conversation I had with a friend about um, Asian hair, like long, long women hair and um he was like oh you know like in passing he was like oh you know women uh, Asian women's hair gets so fetishized and I was like oh does it kind of like half joking half like I never really thought about that like I am really passionate about hair I love hair and I I appreciate Asian hair a lot um but never thought about it in that context and I had just cut off my hair and I was said to him I was like oh does that mean you won't fetishize me anymore and he was just like um no I still can and it was like a really stupid conversation but like I just never really thought about that it was like so specific and and then like sometimes like like you say some days like I really love that and I want to show my hair or like my yeah and then some days I'm just like oh like this is not the energy that I want to give off into the world yeah talking about hair makes me think about physical characteristics and kind of linking back to what we find attractive and what our idea of attractive is one of the reasons I think that men Asian men are feminized is because we do tend to be smaller and like slighter and skinnier and that is not seen as like masculine and therefore not seen as attractive in men. Whereas for women, it works the other way, right? Like Asian women being more, more petite, petite yeah. and mm-hmm. like, yeah, just, just like, more childlike, basically. Yeah. yeah. There is that fetishization. <laughs> I hate that word. <laughs> there is that fetishization of, of those traits and that works in favor for women, but not in favor for men. Yeah. Just like mainstream beauty standards. Mm hmm. Mm. Yeah, I would say the main thing I get about my hair is on dating apps, people will always message me saying, you look like an anime character. Oh, I'm so sorry. I basically said that earlier. Uh, It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) I'm allowed to say I'm half Asian. Uh, You are. You get a pass. Um, And I used to actually really like it because I was like, yeah, anime characters look sick. Like, yeah, I look like an anime character. Then I was dating this guy and I told him that people said this and he was like, well, you don't look like an anime character you have a nose for a start. And I was like, oh fuck, I don't look like an anime character. This is all racially charged. And then I would look at their profiles of people, the people who sent this to me. Um, and like their interests would be like, I love anime, my favorite anime. Why don't we watch anime together? I'd be like, Jesus, like, yeah. So Subtext, that's the main thing I get. Hentai. Yeah. <laughs> you want a fucking anime character so bad? Don't drag me into it. <laughs> 
was this by any chance the day after the day when the switch of like half mi- mixed people? <laughs> <laughs> that's when I noticed it. 2016. Yeah. <laughs> like, it lasted 24 hours, your euphoria. And like, oh my God, everyone finds me so attractive. And you're like, oh shit, they just think I'm an anime character. It was actually after I cut off my hair. So, you know, it could have been that. Like, I think it could have been. Like, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, if you've got sexual fantasies about half Asian people... We know we do. We know we do. Um, <laughs> write in to us and tell us all about it. No, I don't know. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Please don't, don't send pictures. Don't send pictures. <laughs> you will be banned and blocked. Um, no, but we love to hear from our listeners. Um, if you've got thoughts to share, please email us or DM us on Instagram. Um, we'll read out our favorite responses uh, on our bonus episode or report you to the police. Depends what you send in. Um, our email is info at thirdmagazine.co.uk and our Instagram is thirdmagazine. Um, that's third with three eyes. We'd love to hear from you. Oh my gosh, I loved Zach's point about how beauty standards are always changing because I believe they need to, obviously. Um, And it's true. Like, I think when you are just bombarded with one idea or a specific idea around what it means to be attractive or what it means to be beautiful and you leave out loads of people, then it's more likely that people are also going to want to, you know, mate with people or not mate that was such a such a scientific word but I mean (laughs) what's the guy that does the BBC um, Stephen Attenborough yeah David Attenborough David Attenborough Attenborough. that was a very David Attenborough Um, thing (laughs) (laughs) the mating species (laughs) no one is actually well people are mating I'm sure but no one's you know taking it to fruition (laughs) wait what (laughs) on this show anyway on this what That's not what we're doing off mic, by the way. (laughs) Rewind, 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 rewind. Yeah, especially when it comes to people's sort of dating preferences, because you are going to be more attracted to people who, in your society, you are told are attractive. Um, I thought it was also really interesting, the conversation around lightness Mm. and it was kind of subtly mentioned, but bleaching as well, and Mm. how people will manipulate themselves to seem more attracted and how that's been based on white colonial standards. Mm -hmm. Um, I know definitely in many different sort of countries around the world, in India, say, for example, definitely in Africa and places like the Caribbean, where there's been a colonial presence, this desire for lightness Mm in comparison to your complexion Mm. um, is, has been around. So that was also really interesting to hear about how that's affected beauty standards, not only in the UK for half East Asians, Mm -hmm. but also in the the countries that they sort of have, their heritage comes from. Mm, Yeah. I felt like Joe touched upon various points about that as well and how, for example, with an ex-partner, they could um, really 
uh, striker understanding about the experience of being um, fetishized as someone who has a mixed Asian heritage as well as someone who with their partner who was uh, mixed black um, and how in both ways there was that extreme uh, ex- extremeness of the poal what's that word but yeah the extreme ends of the fetishized polarity extreme ends of the fetishization um a word that came up multiple times in that episode <laughs> for a second i was worried i wasn't going to say it <laughs> properly um but yeah I, I felt that was quite an interesting fact that they were able to find that mutual understanding through being on opposite ends of fetishization almost going back to something you just said um the irony around sort of like how we look at beauty in the UK is that most people who are pale usually want to be tanned. Mm. Um, so I thought what Jade said around, like, obviously the fact that she's quite pale and she's like on those beauty counters buying herself, you know, darker skinned foundation to, so she appears more tanned was um, humorous, but also very, you know, interesting as well. Mm. And following on for what you were saying about fetishization, fetishization. <laughs> <laughs> following on from what you were saying about fetishization, I think what Zach was saying around how gender comes into play there was really interesting because sometimes we do, and also how you can play against and with mm. fetishization. I mm. think Joe was talking about yes. how actually you might play into that and yeah. that could become part of your almost like sexual dynamics or your attractive you know yeah that um, was a really good point by the way yeah yeah because I think sometimes when we generally talk about fetishization it is in negative lights Mm. um but it was interesting just to reflect on the fact that it can be almost repurposed or reclaimed Mm. um to some extent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or people can do that but then also being that, that awareness that those who might find you uh, attractive might be exoticizing you. And then at the same time, like you not being fully aware that because you've been raised in a particular society, that that's what's happening. Like your attraction to these people who are finding you exotic might be just because of the fact that, you know, um, you've experienced that dynamic throughout um, and you're used to it. Um, So highlighting that was quite interesting. Um, I also felt for um, Zach's comment about, you know, um, the experience of being a half Thai gay man um, and seeing, let's say, on certain apps and stuff, like basically being excluded from, I guess, the sexual dating market because, like, all you know, that perception of, like, Asian men not being found attractive. Um, so within a minority, a minority within a minority, that experience of like, I guess, a level of rejection, I, I felt that. And, and also the representation of like being someone who um, is a minority within a minority and not necessarily feeling like they, you will ever find necessarily a representation of you in media um, who can maybe redeem that perception of a gay, gay, queer, or, you know, um, half Asian person, if that makes sense. 
And it is such a waste because Zach is very hot. (laughs) Guys out there, you're missing out if you're not swiping right. I don't know how to explain what I want to say next, but I think it's almost like that, you know, that kind of like when someone thinks they're giving you a compliment, but actually it's not really a compliment. Um, So this is almost a weird example to say, but you know, when like people would refer to people who come from Africa, it's like, king something or queen whatever and yeah. it's like actually that, that's a bit nice yeah i'm a queen but also we're not all kings and queens <laughs> yeah. like um yeah so i think sometimes people's let's just call it what it is ignorance yeah and sometimes their optimism for things like anime anime is so cool that's my connection to your culture mm. to what i think is your culture because actually a lot of anime is actually japanese right and mm. Joe's not Japanese as far as I know. Um, So all of this just gets blindsided. And yeah, then you might even find yourself being like, yeah, I look like an anime character when you you don't, you know. Mm. How you appear is going to impact the way you'll be fetishized, right? Because if you are appearing more, let's say, westernized looking, um, you might move through and not be picked up for being... Uh, someone who has mixed heritage. So your experience of a part of your heritage is not going to be kind of impacted in the dynamic of your sexual attraction or people's attraction to you. Whilst on the other side of that, if you do look like there is something else there or they could pin that you are mixed heritage, right? I think, I can't, I'm trying to remember who mentioned that. Uh, it might have been Joe as well because Joe was, was fit in flames. But um it, it was a quite an interesting one about how passing you are within particular communities is kind of uh, impact the way you navigate the sexual market. If you want to see some BTS, head to our TikTok where you can see what went down in the recording of this show. You can also catch more from us on our website, www.thirdmagazine.co.uk, also with free eyes. And don't forget to help spread the word. Share the show with a friend, a colleague, your mum, or just rate and review us wherever you're listening. you've been hearing on this show is from our guest Reese's record label Emperor Recordings if you search them on Instagram their logo has a dog in it follow them and go to their parties thank you for listening to what kind of Asian are you we hope that our conversations about the diverse experiences and perspectives within the Asian community have been enlightening and thought-provoking. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at WhatKindOfAsianPod for updates and behind-the-scenes content. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on Spotify and Apple. It really helps us reach more listeners who could benefit from these important conversations. If you're feeling generous and want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee through the link in our bio. Every little bit helps us continue to bring you new episodes each and every week. Most importantly, we hope you'll tune in next week for another insightful conversations about being Asian. Until then, 
Take care.